You are watching the Hoop Central podcast right here on Spirit Live. That was a good start. That was a good start. I'm not even gonna edit that out. Or well, I'm not. I don't even edit this. We're not gonna edit that out. The chair is talking. The chair is talking. Yeah, the chair is. Uh, the chair is squeaking, just like how those sneakers squeak on the court when you're playing basketball. Ooh. Just like Malik sneaks by, uh, squeaks by the defender to get to the basket for an easy layup. You know what? I gotta say this before we. Um, I, actually, oh here's here's chair. I, <laughs> I don't even want to describe what Malik just did for that chair to. To do that, but uh, welcome to the Hoop Central podcast. I guess this is a great way to introduce it to anyone new listening. Yeah, this is how the podcast starts <laughs> off. I, I think y- y'all will enjoy it. But uh, this is uh, your host, Nakeem. Con alongside me is none other than my wonderful, magnificent co host, Malik Meta Morera. Hi, how are you? The greatest raptor of all time made his return to Toronto, which is which was actually crazy. I think. Just the emotions surrounding that entire evening, the game, the love from the fans. You could feel like, uh, even though he's in a new New Jersey, it didn't feel like he was a part of the Miami Heat. He felt like a Raptors play right there. I loved how they introduced him with the, the actual Raptors announcer rather than the PA announcer because it gave that feel like he's still a part of the team. You know, from North Philly to your city, I love that little touch. Yeah. I personally thought I love it. they were going to do a little bit more. At halftime, I thought they were going to do something. I thought they were going to do something. But I guess they did. Just because in the sense, I feel like when Kawhi had his return, he... I don't want to say it was a better um, tribute, but I thought it was more creative than the Kyle one because yeah. the way they did the footsteps going towards the corner and then the the, the the highlight on the rim, the way it bounced, I thought that was just creative. I thought there's so much moments you could have done with Lowry. Maybe do like how we've seen before with like the video presentations on the court with like the overhead camera view. Uh, but nonetheless, Lowry, uh, he didn't cry. Surprising, I thought. Surprisingly, I thought the emotion. If I was him, the emotions definitely would have got to me. I'd be crying. But um, it was just nice to see Lowry back in Scotiabank Arena. Yeah, Raptor absolutely. fans on their fe- feet cheering him on. Yes, sir. Long time ninety eight point seven ninety eight point seven radio host Mark Strong was the one that did the the announcing for North Philly's finest Kyle Lowry. So. You know, I, I met him a long time ago, and uh, you know he's, he's he's a big fan of Lowry. And uh, who who else who else would do that? His his voice fits. He was it there. He was it, there yeah. at the beginning with Lowry, and he is there at the end. And it was really bittersweet. Although we took the L, we had no freaking answer for Max <laughs> Struess. It was just Imagine really good. To, it was just really good to see Lowry out there. Yeah. And uh, go out it with Siakam. They went at it a yeah, couple him times. Yeah, and Van Vliet were going, him and at Van it. Were going at it at the beginning. They 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 exchanged a couple three balls. And yeah, it was overall a really good game. I'm not, you know, I'm just not upset. I'm upset the Raptors a little bit, but I'm not upset because I got to see my my hero, Lowry. One thing I like about a game like this was it kind of showed the importance you can have towards a franchise without being a superstar player. I think we we all can agree that Lowry, at any point of his career, was never a superstar. No. He was an all-star. He meant a lot to a franchise, but... It show it goes a, a long way, and I think this is something that 
young players can learn from, and I hope that other players take lead, is that you don't have to be a LeBron James to be loved by a city, by no. a franchise. Look at what no. Larry was able to do in Toronto. Obviously, he had help with Kawhi and Siakam, Van Vliet, those guys to bring a championship to Toronto. But what he did in those nine years is something that other players should strive to do without focusing solely on championships. Yes, championships are the the end goal, but there's something to build. You know, Lowry went to a place in Toronto that he said was a hockey town, and him, Debo, uh, Kawhi, Siakam, all those guys within that time frame helped change this city oh. into being more accepting towards basketball. Some oh, may yeah. argue that Toronto is more of a basketball city than a hockey one, which is crazy to say, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Uh, I believe a stat that was given by Matt Devlin during the broadcast Matt is that D. the Raptors have won, I believe, 14 or was it 17? I think it was 17 playoff series. Yes, I think 17 playoff series. Uh, or not not playoff games, I should playoff say. Games. Yeah, my bad. Not playoff series. Playoff uh, games, meant, yeah. which is more than any hockey team in Canada wow. or something like that. Wow. Which is, that's crazy for the Raptors to be that successful. At a rapid rate. And it's really cool that, you know, the inaugural season of the Raptors was only in the 1994-1995. And mm-hmm. people may think that's not that long, but it's crazy to see it under over 25 years how this how this franchise has evolved already really fast really fast yeah really fast and it's only going to get um expanded even more with the way basketball is growing here and the players being more accepting to coming to canada yeah knowing that we have a great uh organization but that was just nice to see for a smaller market to really flourish and i hope other smaller markets and players in smaller markets um kind of take that on and try to emulate what larry did i think a guy like Obviously, John Morant's a superstar, but I think he Ja-ja. is definitely going to be up there with being uh, in that low, that small market trying to lift them up. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. great for basketball because we need that. If everyone just goes to these big market teams, like what are we going to watch about the Detroit Pistons? What are we going to watch about the Orlando Magic? You know, even though Orlando is in Florida, but you get what I'm trying yeah, to yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're trying to say. And I think, um, you know, we know at the end of the day that NBA comes down to a business like yeah, we said with definitely. what happened with Damar and the Raptors and how that situation unfolded a lot of bad blood but now they, it's almost like a bittersweet ending to that situation but I think what teams and franchises can do to move forward in the future and I work on this is just paying homage to players who contributed and uh, they acknowledge their, their team uh, not 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 just like a business, but you know, as a friend or as an associate, and they, they treat your team with nothing but respect, compassion, and spread a peace, love, and positivity to the city of Toronto, just like what Demar did, just like what Larry did. So I think that franchises in the future could uh, could could send, could send an example, just like the Toronto Raptors did in paying homage and uh, dedicating their game to Kyle Lowry. And I think that uh, players that sacrificed for a team and that moved on to another team, even if they didn't want to leave. I feel like their uh, their success should be still celebrated in uh, in the like in a certain component or a certain game. It depends what the impact they had on the team. But I think that franchises could work on that for sure. Just uh, just dedicating game, games to other players that have left, even if it wasn't their choice, and maintain that relationship. Maybe bridging that gap between a business and friendships for sure. No, definitely. And uh, just to add on before we move on, um, it's imperative for small markets to do that because. You're not at the top of the list in free agent destinations. So when you build that player relationships, even if the, let's say, a situation where the Raptors trade away DeMar DeRozan or the Celtics trade away Isaiah Thomas, 
Obviously, that's that's bad blood. Fans aren't really happy because those are fan favorites being dealt. But reaching out and maybe mending that relationship to a certain point can really show that you really are there for your players and maybe influence someone to end up uh, taking a different route and joining them. But um, Matt, like I believe there was a player that you were. Um, this is a perfect segue. <laughs> I'm laughing already. Really, this is a perfect segue because we're talking about loyalty and teams and fa- fan bases getting upset and bad blood, bad blood between franchises and specific players. And you know, a report came in a couple days ago. Our old pal, our old friend Ben Simmons, files a grievance over nearly 20 million withheld by the 76ers. We know that he knew that he was going to lose a lot of money for boycotting games and wanting to be traded and forcing his contract to be uh, under review or under jurisdiction, but he is taking action. The 76ers insist that Simmons was in breach of his contract after he refused to take part in treatment plans for back injury and mental issues that have kept him out of the lap this season. So the NBA PA is getting involved and Simmons and his representatives are going to fight this. They had several conversations with the 76ers franchise in hopes of avoiding arbitration, which led for the grievance being filed. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think Simmons could win this? Is he going to lose this? Or do you think this is just one big, like, wow, this is never going to end? It's crazy because I understand Ben Simmons because, like, you know, that's that's $20 million. I'm okay with getting 1000 like yeah. if like that's a lot of money to me, twenty million is insane to even think about. And obviously, you want to get that money back because that's a lot of money that's basically gonna go down the drain, or I guess find from his contract that he wouldn't be getting. But I don't think that he will win, just because the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers are a professional organization, right? They have trained professionals. They have people who are sanctioned by the NBA who met the criteria, met the criteria of the the health organizations that are in the United States and in the world to be able to address certain needs, whatever they may be, physical injuries, mental injuries, um, those type of things. Those teams are equipped to deal with that. So I think the argument that Philly is presenting where he didn't attend anything to really treat whether it was his the the herniated herniated disc in his back, or whether it's the the mental the mental health claims that he has given, how he was suffering from uh, mental health, and not going towards the team's professionals. Obviously, there's bad blood between the the two parties, so he wouldn't yeah. want to associate. But mm-hmm. the fact that he didn't even at least try it is kind of you know. I think the the Sixers have a really good argument as to why not to pay him. And it's at least if he made the effort to take part in these things, then, okay, give him the money still because I guess that would still fit in the the contract. But, um, hey, Malik, we've talked about this um, in class heavily, and I'm going to say three letters, and you're probably going to laugh. I'm ready. I'm ready for uh, it. I'm ready for it. This this is something Uh that was addressed in the the CBA, and um, I'm pretty sure that— Collective bargaining agreement. Hi, how are you? I'm pretty— (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure Ben Simmons knows that maybe the likelihood of him winning is low, but at least try to get your money back. So I'm a, I'm a, honestly going to have to side with, uh, with the Sixers organization. In terms of winning, do I think it's right or not? I don't have a say in either, either one of this because I don't know the details, but I'd have to go Philly probably can win this grievance. Yeah, I think we don't know the deeper issues, but we all know that the goal for Simmons and his agents and his representatives is that he wants to avoid arbitration at all costs. Yeah. But that's going to be really tough because we don't know the 
the likelihood of him winning and getting all his money back because we don't know the severity of his back issues and what was going on behind the scenes. Was he avoiding the team just because he didn't want to play or was did he actually have an injury? Was it significant? Or was he just not playing for the team he didn't want to re- report for it because maybe he was in a mood or I don't know what was going on. So I think it's going to be really tough. You know, I think he has a couple points he can make, but Philadelphia, I think, has the edge, unfortunately. Um, hopefully this doesn't... Uh, extend to the off season, even though yeah. I think it will, but likely one hundred percent for sure. And hopefully things get resolved. And you know, Nikim, Nikim, and I always see the positives in players. We really want to see Ben Simmons flourish in his new role in Brooklyn. Hopefully he can get back to that old Ben Simmons that we all know and all love. Not that playoff Simmons in that last game who gave up, who gave up, uh, gave Ooh, up, a, who gave up a drive. Open. Dunk. Wide open dunk, passing it, causing the foul, turnovers, and missing all his free throws. So, Nakeem and I really want the best for Ben Simmons, and hopefully he'll flourish in Brooklyn alongside with his supporting cast with Kari and Kraft, Mr. Kraft Dinner, Kevin Durant. Mr. Kraft Dinner, if you said that and he heard that, he probably would be so upset that you referenced <laughs> him like that. He would. He would, but, but he's Kraft Dinner because his shot is smooth as butter. Oh, one thing that actually just popped in my mind, and I'll address this quickly. We talked about Kyle Lowry meaning a lot to a franchise, and I'm pretty sure we can agree that his jersey is going to be retired in Toronto, right? I think a- we can agree with that. Absolutely, and there's you, already people talking about a statue. Statue. Yeah. Do you think Ben Simmons gets his jersey retired in Philly? Absolutely, absolutely. He, over, over, over the answer. Allen Iverson over Moses Malone Will over Julius Irving over Will Chamberlain over anybody. Man, whatever. Yeah, just Ben Ben Simmons. First overall pick. He's part of the process. But the, I, I'm just joking. The reason I brought that <laughs> the Lowry thing up was because Kevin Durant said on his podcast that not that he believes, but quote unquote unquote. That the Oklahoma City Thunder and Golden State Warriors have to retire his jerseys, and if they don't, it's bad for the game of basketball. Well, that's a that's a big statement. Not like I I that's a big statement. I understand the Thunder. I understand for sure. I think even though they ended on those terms, they kind of have to because of he kind of put Oklahoma City on the map. No, they must they must do Westbrook as well. Yeah, definitely. So the, the maybe Warriors they, maybe they too. Probably do both of them. He brought two championships to Golden State. So, but to tell these franchises you have to retire, like Durant's kind of bold with it. That's pretty bold. But Durant has a lot of bold takes. We know, yeah, we, we, know we know, we know about we his know. Twitter fingers. Yeah, we know he's we, not we know, afraid to speak his mind. He's not afraid with 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 craft dinner. I love uh, <laughs> I love when Charles Barkley asked him a question and he just responded with one word. Like I think he's like. Um, what was the question again? I forget, but it's something like, "Oh, how have you been? Uh, uh, how does it feel?" Or something like, uh, "You've been feeling more healthy while playing, correct?" And then um, he's like, "Yes," and that's it. And then the whole crew just started dying because you, we know that Katie doesn't really uh, mess with Chuck. Yeah, for but, sure. We know it was deliberate for sure. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, "I'm yeah. gonna poke, I'm gonna poke the bear a little bit, and poke at Chuck." Definitely, definitely. But um, Malik, what uh, what what other things do you have on your? On your mind. Well, on some positive, uh, on the positive light, um, we have a lot of people in the limelight right now because the Hall of Fame class has been released and yes, yes, uh, yes. indicates Tim Hardaway, Swin Cash, Bob Hudgens, George Carl, and the Argentinian goat Lionel Manu oh. Emmanuel. Yes, <laughs> yes, Emmanuel Ginobili. Hey, sorry about that. that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Messi. You're the, you're the goat as well. But no, uh, he isn't. But but Ginobili. You know who's the goat? You know who's the goat? Ronaldo. 
Kasim's right here. Yeah, we have a friend who's a very big football fan, so he, I just said that to he's thumb down right now. To get but, on his nerves. But it's, you know, on the on the subject of Manu Ginobili, it's safe to say that he 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 put basketball in Argentina in the map for sure. One w- thing. Would you say that? Would you say that? Before I even get into that, there's a lot of people talking about Dwight Howard, Clay Thompson, some guys who should have been in the NBA top seventy-five. How is Manu Ginobili not in the top seventy-five? Wow, that's that. That's wow. one thing that always gets me. How was Manu Ginobili? He's arguably the best sixth man in the history of basketball. Actually, yeah. I would say he is the best sixth man the Definitely history the most, has ever seen. Absolutely. Yeah, well. Jamal Crawford's there as well. Yeah, and you Jamal argue Crawford's him there. too, but I would say Manu really made, made, made a significant impact as well. I see he's been a better player, contributed to definitely more. the most artistic player I've ever seen. He ba- he man, man. introduced a new style of play by bringing a move that obviously it was it wasn't him, but he made it popularized the Euro step. Yeah, he popularized that he for sure. He popularized the Euro step. The what he did in San Antonio is crazy, and I just thought that he is definitely a top seventy-five. But to be in uh, the Hall of Fame, I think is a incredible accomplishment and i think it's very warranted because also you got to take in consideration and i don't think people understand this the hall of fame isn't an nba hall of fame it's a basketball hall of basketball fame. basketball hall of fame so it doesn't matter strictly on what you've done in the nba but also looking what ginobili did for the 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 country of argentina and basketball there wow, wow. is crazy i believe they upset the United States in 2004. I think so, yeah. And they with, went on um, to go win a gold medal, who, I believe, who, who, or who's, silver medal. Who's, who's on that team with that? It was Mono Ginobili, with, Luis Scola. Luis Scola and Ginobili. Man, I remember that duel. Yeah. But yeah, while the team search that, searches that up, uh, the other participants in there are Tim Hardaway, Swin Cash, Bob Hudgens, and George Cross are repeated. Amazing players. Swin Cash absolutely deserved. I thought she would be in it last year, but uh, but this year definitely well deserved. She's an amazing player. Legend in the, in the WNBA. Tim Hardaway from the Golden State Warriors. Won one and won a chip with Miami, uh, legendary legendary point guard in the Warriors. Kind kind of set that stepping stone for Golden State to uh, be uh, popular in the NBA. One hundred percent. Bob Hudgens, legend, and we can't say we can't say a lot about we could say a lot about George Carl. We could go on a field day with him. Definitely, absolutely, absolutely. And while the team sur- keeps searches up, we're going. Hey, cue cue, cue the cue the elevator music. Right now, the way I'm thinking of only um, why can't I find? Yeah. But one thing I definitely have to say is that uh, Greg Popovich definitely contributed to Manu Ginobili's success. Yes. I feel like I feel like I don't know if Ginobili would be the same player if he was if it wasn't for Greg Popovich. Definitely, if he was on a different team, he'd be a different player. But I think that just having that, just having that uh, scouting, that help every day from Greg Popovich to push him and be hard on him and show that tough love definitely gave him the confidence and the optimism to step on the court every day and just be himself and be that sixth man and sometimes start the games, create those big plays and w- yeah. big, big three, that extra pass, that Euro step and one. Ginobili this is, was always there. This is also a great example for young guys to show why you need to buy into a role because Ginobili bought into a role with San Antonio and it look at what it did to his career. He's now a Hall of Famer. And... It shows that if you buy into your role, you can do crazy things. You don't have to be the starter to to really be a, a great player. You can come off the bench and do just as great. Just but great. I have the, the roster. They did indeed win the gold medal in 2004. They wow. Beat, they beat the, the U.S. team in the, the semifinals and then nice. beat Italy in the, the finals. But score, looking at some of the guys on their team, we have um, Manu Ginobili, Luis Scola. I don't know if you remember this name. Andreas Nocioni. 
Oh, uh, that, that is, name sounds very familiar. I remember actually. him. No, for some teams. Carlos Delfino was Ooh, a part of that team as we, well. We know what's up with Carlos Delfino. Yes, we I already know about he used it. to be on the Raptors. He be on the Raptors, time. then he went to Houston. I'm going to search up Andres Nocioni because I believe he was with in, in the NBA at one point. Yeah, but, that sounds very familiar, but uh, rightfully so. Argentina definitely worked Wow, he had off. a pretty long career. He played with the Chicago Bulls, Sacramento Kings, and the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't know if his face record, if you recognize the face at all. Oh, yeah, no, Nocioni. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. I remember that. But yeah, definitely all well deserved. Well, what what can you say about uh, Tim Hardaway and the impact he had hey. on elevating that point guard position, making it relevant today? One thing about Tim Hardaway, people are gonna be like, "Well, Tim Hardaway wasn't that great of a player. He was huge great. for the culture of basketball itself. One of the most dynamic teams ever was Run TMC Warriors. You know, Run Tim Hardaway, TMC. Run, uh, Run TMC, Tim Hardaway, Chris Mullen, Mitch Richmond. Those guys were so electric to watch and I think also one thing about Tim Hardaway people talk about Allen Iverson people talk about Kyrie Irving Tim Hardaway had one of the nastiest crossovers and one of the first people to really bring that crossover into the NBA as in he didn't just go left to right. He would go like a double left to right, like a one-two, one-two, and really be able to get to his to his spots. Yeah, that crossover was nice. It was nice. And uh, he's just a legend. He's a legend. He's a legend. And, uh, you know, some people might be like, oh, the basketball Hall of Fame is getting saturated, blah, blah, blah. He was a great player. Just because he didn't win any championships doesn't really mean. Maybe if he did win a championship, people would be regard him in a different light. But that's just the, the harsh truth thing. But I like Tim Hardaway being in there as well. Oh, me too. He definitely deserves to be in there. It's about time he's there. Man, T- TMC was TMC was legendary, and I yeah, and like damn with him, Mitch Richmond, Chris Mullen, they definitely they definitely changed the game for the Warriors and elevated uh, the importance of basketball in the Golden State culture. Absolutely, yeah. and uh, one one player that I'm really happy for who should have been in last year is definitely Swin Cash. Absolutely, Swin Cash going yes. from WNBA to going to the NBA to be the vice president of basketball operations and team development for the New Orleans Pelicans. I think I think that's great, and I think she definitely deserves it. I'm happy that she's in the NBA. I'm happy that she's still contributing to the WNBA by maybe being active on social media, yeah. um, you know, fight fighting for their rights, uh, preaching female empowerment, and just continue to be that to be that friendly face for the WNBA and remind them that you know she's here and uh, she's willing to contribute to anything and she's always willing to talk anything basketball. So I think she definitely deserves it. Any any thoughts on Swin Cash? Yeah, she's definitely um, a pioneer in terms of pushing female basketball and um, what she's done in the WNBA as long as afterwards in her career post uh, playing basketball. Uh, it's just women's basketball has been growing so much over the years. And uh, one thing I I even uh, we this is we're recording this one day after the national championship. And uh, we have all these females who are not just uh, getting more popular within just that the, was a nice, that the was sport. A but they are also the skill level is just so much better than before. I mean, love it, love it. People, one thing about female basketball is that a lot of guys would be like, "Oh, they're just not this, they're not as talented." Blah blah blah, all this stuff. But we're seeing skill level of these players rise, and people respecting mm. them finally, as they should have done oh, way before. I love it. Like one, I know Paige Beckers is someone that Oof. gets respect from everyone because everyone can acknowledge that she's a hooper. Same with Haley Van Lith. Who's a oh, who's man. really good at, at Louisville? I believe she's gonna be an NBA player soon. I don't know if the if college has a one and done rule or for females. That's something we're gonna have to investigate for uh, for females. I have to double for... check because I know a lot of them spend like three four years in college. But now years, that yeah. I know they have the NIL deal, so they make money otherwise uh, in other avenues. Maybe that helps them out a bit. But 
No, definitely, definitely. I like Swing Cash being a Hall of Fame. Oh, absolutely. And I can't wait for the next Hall of Fame class. Nikki and I will be watching them getting inducted in their big speeches. Absolutely. Definitely. definitely. And, you know, it's about time to transition. And I think it's time to have some fun. I could possibly. We still, it was five minutes. Five minutes? 25 okay. minutes. Okay. We're good. Let's, let's have some fun. We did Bleach Report. For the oh for gosh. last week we did Bleach Report for the week before and we got more Bleach Report. I haven't seen this article, so and, Malik surprised and, and me more, with whatever. And, and more reactions uh, from Nikim, either positive or negative, some good trades, some bad trades. But we're gonna do it and we're gonna judge and we're all here for it. This is called NBA Offseason Trades for League's Most Disappointing Teams. Okay. Posted by Greg uh, Schwartz. Shout out Greg Schwartz. Absolutely. So the first team involves Atlanta Hawks and the New York Knicks. So he's saying that Atlanta Hawks have been disappointing, although they have been on a huge Huge run right now. Yeah. Maybe it's to, maybe it's safe to say he's making the he's making an assumption that it might be too late for the Hawks, and we all know what's going they, on in New York. They have had a disappointing year from That's fourth seed year. Eastern Conference Finals wow. to play in team. You would expect them to be higher, but yeah, let's exactly. See. But uh, we have this, so we're gonna shake it up a bit. It's almost like a uh, almost maybe a semi culture reset. But we got New York Knicks receive Clint Capella. Wait, it's a trade between the two of them. Trade between the two of them. New York Knicks receive Clint Capella. Atlanta Hawks receive Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks in a 20, uh, 22nd, 2022 second round pick. What do you think? That's actually not a bad trade for the Knicks. For the Hawks, I don't understand that at all. Um, but I also don't understand it for the Knicks because you already have Mitchell Robinson, and he's young. And I believe at this point, Clint Capella has had a bad year this year. He's not the same defensive player that he was last season. So you're getting in a guy in Clint Capella who's probably going to end up being a starter. That's just taking away opportunity from Mitch Robinson. Yeah. And also the Knicks just aren't in a position. They don't look like they're going to be as good as they were that they, they were in the 2021 season because it kind of relies on Julius Randle. If Julius Randle is going to keep playing the way he is, they're not going to be, be in the playoffs. Because yeah. I, personally, I personally believe that the, the, the Knicks should make R.J. Barrett their number one guy. But if they do that, it's going to take a few maybe a couple of seasons before they fully hit their yeah. stride because he's going to yeah. have to develop. But then for the Hawks, that is not a good trade. Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks, and what, a second-round pick? Yeah, Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, and a second-round pick. Yeah, and I Greg. feel like Nerlens Noel is a great defensive center, don't get me wrong, but it's like you already have Clint Capella, so why get rid of him? Yeah, I think so as well. Even though he's had a disappointing season, I think you build for mid and see what pieces you could do to uh, surround uh, surround Trey Young with and see if Clint Capella's part of that for the future. But uh, yeah. Greg Greg Schwartz indicated that Mitch Robinson is an unrestricted free agent this summer, and his prediction has him leaving New York because really? New York doesn't have bird rights to match any does, offers. Does he have a team that he for, thinks from, Mitch Robinson's going to go Mitch to? Robinson, uh, in, in this, he said, it says no, but it says he said the Hawks only agreed to trade Capella because of Okongo's growth next season. Oh, that actually does make sense. And they want uh, so I it could, you know what? This is not a bad trade it's actually. It's not actually. It's not it's, it's not a bad trade. I would say it definitely caters more towards New York. We could say that absolutely yeah. again Clint Capella NBA ready. You want to make a little bit of a run. You want to create some buzz within New York. You got a center. You got a prime center. Mitch Robinson doesn't come back. You're ready. You don't have to worry about Mitch Robinson because they can't offer him anything cuz if he's going to get thrown a bag you're getting you're getting Clint Capel's contract. You're not gonna get Mitch Robinson back. That's it. It's done. But uh, I guess receiving Al Al Burks and Nurse Noel, the only risk you're taking right there, they're they're not on bad contracts. Nurse Noel's very injury prone. 
So yeah. so you're taking a big risk on that. Alec Burks is going to contribute anywhere he goes, but that's just a log jam in the bench. So you have yeah. to reconfigure and organize what's going on and set your rotation. But not bad. I would say not bad. Decent, decent. Not bad. Um, we got uh, Brooklyn Nets at Houston Rockets. Shake it up. Okay. So it's another Christian Wood trade. So everyone's really pushing what? for Christian Wood to leave Anyways. this offseason. So let's hear. This is a crazy trade. <laughs> You gotta laugh. He's already laughing. Houston Rockets receive Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton. <laughs> if you guys can see the key space, I'm gonna repeat that for you. Houston Rockets receive Ben Simmons and Nicholas Claxton. Brooklyn receives Christian Wood, Eric Gordon, Dave Wanwaba, and a 2024 second round pick. Second so, round pick. So Ben Simmons just got there and he's like, well, I'm going to Houston. Third team. The, the thir- thirteen minutes. I'm conv- thir- thirteen minutes a year. Thirteen minutes a year. I'm just gonna go to Houston. What do I'm you think? I'm convinced that <laughs> they just do these for clicks because, first of all, the the the, the Nets are not trading Ben Simmons. They're they're not. They're not. Imagine, imagine you wake up in the morning. It's this freaking news. Ben Simmons has been traded to Houston. Thirteen in a year. The only way that the, the trade is only enticing because you're getting depth. I guess. But book is getting a lot. Does Wood even fit what you want to do? Like I can't even imagine Ben Simmons in, in Houston. And Nicholas Claxton is a nice young guy. It's nice. You're giving up what? Ben, they said Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton, uh, right? Yeah, Houston's getting Ben Simmons and Nick, Nick Claxton. So I guess there's Brooklyn would never uh, do so, that trade. But so I guess you're putting Simmons at the f- Bro, three or four even, because you got Jalen Green, you got Kevin Porter, and you got despite. Um, uh, Jay Sean Tate. Despite what people say about Ben Simmons, I get it. I get Ben Simmons is Ben Simmons and all the flaws that come with, with him. Big, big Ben, big Ben. Despite all of that, the player that Ben Simmons is right now is still an all NBA player. Have we forgot about that? I'll so we're, so we're trading an all NBA player who, who let, here, let's just show about, about his, um, his value. Okay. His value. He was traded for James Harden. So you're telling me that now the Nets are like, okay, we gave up James Harden for Ben Simmons. That's how much, that's his value, blah, 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 whatever. Now we're going to trade him for Christian Wood. And not even a first round pick, a second round pick. The Nets got first round picks for trading James Harden for Ben Simmons. But if we're trading him for Christian Wood, I'm getting a second round pick. What are we talking about here? Horrible trade for the Nets. Obviously, that's an amazing trade for Houston because it's like it fits what they want to do. Jalen Green gets a facilitator. They get a defensive uh Demon. Yeah, you're, you're you're not upset, and all you have to do is find Gosh, a center, and your center's so gonna be Sangoon. Then that's so bad. That's so, next, next, next. So, next. so that'll be your starting five. But yeah, um, before we go, uh, his argument is saying that basically Brooklyn Nets are gonna are gonna lose their patience with Simmons in the offseason because oh, his prediction is that <laughs> conviction is that he's not gonna play in the playoffs. So um, I, they were aware of that, and they were aware um, of that. and uh, and yeah, they're gonna give up on him. That that's basically the argument. They're gonna give up on words. him before they even give him a chance. That a no offense to Greg Schwartz, but this is on a professional Bleacher Report page. I can't believe that. Give up on him before you even give him a chance. Twenty first century, twenty twenty two. That's what it is. Okay, we'll do one more. Let's do one more. One more. Let's do one more. I think you like this trade. I think you like this trade. This will be interesting. Eh, We'll see if you like it. But uh, you said Portland Trailblazers are eyeing Jeremy Grant. Well, in this well in this alternative world, it happened. Portland Trailblazers received Jeremy Grant. Detroit Pistons receive Nasir Little, Eric Bledsoe, 
and two first round picks, which is crazy. Ooh. Which is crazy. So the thing, the thing that points out is the two first yes. round picks yes. for Grant, and you're getting a young Nasir Little, which is he's been playing great this yeah. season. And you get Eric Bledsoe, it's a big contract to take on, big big Eric Bledsoe contract. So what what are your thoughts on this one? This one's a very interesting deal. Yeah, as soon as you said Nasir Little and Eric Bledsoe, in my head I was like, oh my gosh, another bad trip. But then you said the two, two first, first round, round picks. picks, and I think that is great because if you don't want Eric Bledsoe, you can package him with those two first round picks and get a nice asset back in return. The only thing that with Detroit that I don't know about Nasir Little, like he's a great player, great talent. Yes, I don't like everyone being so young. You have to have some veterans mixed in there. Like I know they have you need a balance. I know they have Kelly Olynyk, Corey and Joseph. They have Corey Joseph. Yes, guys like that. But there's so much young guys that I feel like with a rebuild, if you only have young guys, they won't be able to learn from their mistakes, and they won't have guys in the locker room to hold them accountable. That's why it's great for teams to have. Players like a Udonis Haslam, not necessarily playing, but they will get up into your face and tell you when you're wrong and tell you what to do on the court. Facts. All those different things. Facts. I have a big announcement today to make. This might be our last episode. Yes, this might be this the might last, be our last episode. episode. This, is a, for... this is a goodbye for seven months, six, seven months. <sighs> Potentially. Potentially. We will, Potentially. might be here next week. We might not, but we want to say thank you to all our listeners, to all our fans, to all our families. Definitely. Out there for keeping us, keeping up with us since... September since since the yeah. beginning of the semester and Nikim and I have two weeks left. We're about to grind our butts off for school. You know, we started off on Zoom and we were able to do this last one in person in studio, which is a great feeling. Uh, but don't be so heartbroken about you know we're not gonna hear from these guys. But we do have a YouTube channel and uh, we have a long summer. And with that meaning, we're obviously going to plan some stuff, and hopefully we can get some stuff going on that YouTube page again. Yes, sir, yes, sir. And uh, definitely provide content that way. But um, definitely a little bittersweet because it's been so fun every week being recorded in these I episodes. Know, it's been so fun just talking every day, taking an hour off And we won't even be to able to talk about the playoffs or Man. anything like that. We're just going to have to watch out and see what happens with that without us talking about anything. Definitely, definitely. But we appreciate, as Malik said, all the support that we've got. And... Um, it's been your boy, Nakeem. It's been your boy, Malik. And uh, we shall see y'all when we see y'all next. See you when we see you. Take it easy. Peace.